0: And so I would say to personalize it, that promise, that particular one, if God is for us, if God is for my son, then who can be against him? Not the terrible math teacher, not the mean girl in the cafeteria, not the coach who won't put her in the game. Those things can't really ultimately touch my child because God is for my child. It puts it in some perspective.
1: Welcome to the Rooted Parent Podcast, which equips parents to think biblically about some of the most pressing and confusing issues of our day. The Rooted Parent Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. We hope you enjoyed the first three seasons of this podcast, which included All About Boys with David Thomas... Same Parenting in Insane Times with Cameron Cole and Anna Mead Harris, and Ask the Experts, also with Cameron Cole and Anna Mead Harris. In Season 4, Fear Factor in Parenting, Cameron and Anna discuss how fear impacts our relationships with both God and with our children. They'll speak biblically and practically about how the gospel eases our fears for our families, helping parents exchange the urge to control for the freedom to enjoy the teenagers in our homes. Without further ado, here are your hosts for the Rooted Parent Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Rooted Parent Podcast, where I am Cameron Cole, known as... Big C. And you are... The team mom. Anna Mead Harris. That's right. team
1: mom. Yeah, man.
2: (laughs) Team mom. You know, we're in the holiday season as Wake Forest people. It's been a real 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 positive run here it has Deacon. we have
0: enjoyed it
2: deacons won their division um as we're recording i'm getting ready to go to the acc championship game which you know we could lose by four touchdowns but it doesn't really matter <laughs> we won
0: the division <laughs> One, <Right. ten> games. <laughs> we might also win hey, we've been we doing win. that this year
2: we've been doing a lot of winning mm-hmm. big uh big hairy american winning machines to quote ricky bobby <laughs> great american profit." <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah so so
2: go Deeks. go Deeks. go Deeks. <laughs> um RTR?
0: Yeah we, yeah, we can't let, let that, that go by without saying that. So, yeah, but that, would, uh, hurts, that
2: might hurt. That's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. Because as I say, if you're not an Alabama fan and you don't hate Alabama, then I have uh, I, I question your integrity. <laughs> right. Because Alabama should be despised.
0: When when two of my kids went to college in North Carolina, they called back home and said nobody wants to watch the Alabama games with me. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, no, and nobody wants to see Alabama win.
0: They no, We're they don't. We're intolerable. We're intolerable. Um, that's how we.
2: Like it but
0: I was gonna <laughs> say we enjoy ourselves, and
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, okay, well, enough, enough glorying there. Uh, so this is uh, season number four, and we're talking about uh, the fear factor in parenting mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the, the kind of the, the basis of the season is we have just, it's, we think one of the hardest seasons, perhaps the hardest season to parent in all of modern history. Yeah. And as a result, parents are experiencing a lot of fear that's influencing their parenting Influencing their relationships with their kids and, you know, it's being projected on their families. And so, you know, there is so much hope in the Lord, so much hope in the Lord to to live a life where we're not afraid. So, yeah, we're going to delve into that even more today.
0: Yeah, we can remember that the Lord's not surprised mm-hmm. by what we're facing as parents. And he has always known this moment in history and um, what he's done for us in Christ is enough for us, more than enough for us. And so we can remember that um, he is sovereign even over social media and TikTok and all the things that are so daunting to us. Um, we're going to do a slightly different tack today. We The last couple of weeks we have gone over specific fears, and we'll continue that next week, um, like fears of, of threat um, and, and other things we've covered specifically. But today, we're going to look at the two different things, the the damage that our fear does to our kids and our families and our relationship. And then we're going to delve into the fear of the Lord a little bit more and sort of talk about what that looks like in depth and and how we allow the fear of the Lord to eclipse our fear of everything else.
2: And, you know, and I would say just as like, as a review, there's kind of a concept that we've been coming back to in every one of these podcasts. Um, Cause you know, we, 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 we really think that if there's something that we can give you as a listener is to give you some biblical framework and some biblical concepts So that you're not living tactically, but instead you really have the, you have the tools to navigate fears of all kinds and, and some concepts that enable you to always kind of have, um, yeah, to have like a framework to operate within, to lead you to, uh, the fear of the Lord and to, you know, the peace and the hopefulness that comes with being in Christ. And so, you know, that, um, that, the primary concept is we talked about good fear versus bad fear. Mm -hmm. Good fear is a fear of the Lord, which we're going to really get into today um, with a lot of depth. But, you know, good fear is is based, um, involves adoring and worshiping and praising God. Um, it's based in the truth, uh, particularly the truth of who God is. It leads us to draw close to God, and it leads us to uh, trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the result of it is uh, we feel a sense of peace, at rest, and hopefulness. Bad fear... Um, It involves a false view of God, and uh, the result of it is we withdraw, and we try to take matters into our own hands. We try to exert control, Uh, and the fruit is we experience anxiety, we make rash choices, um, and we kind of have a miserable internal life. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of the concept that we've we've been dialing down on good fear versus bad fear and wanting to operate out of good fear, the fear of the Lord. And so T Mom, that, that you know, that's just I'm just now throwing a little screen pass out to you in the flat. You've got blockers out in front of you, <laughs> and you're just gonna take it down the side.
0: I'm I'm gonna run with it. I'm gonna run with it. Yeah. Yeah, they, those concepts are so helpful to me, even as I had my kids over, over home over Thanksgiving. Thinking about where am I controlling, where am I withdrawing from my kids. Just having those concepts in my in my back pocket. And I could see myself doing both in different moments and say, "Okay, where am I afraid here? So that that was that's been really helpful to me just in the immediate um, moment. Um, But but one thing that we do want to consider is some of the negative effects of our fears as parents. And I don't think that I really realized this or saw this until my kids were in their later teens. You know, when I thought about my fear for my kids, I really thought I need peace and um, realized that it actually went deeper than that. And my fear was impacting them negatively. It can cause them to feel pressure to perform. And Lord knows they have enough of that from our culture. But when they feel our fear and they do perceive it. They know when we're parenting out of fear. Intuitively, they may not even be able to articulate it, but they can feel our anxiety, our tenseness by our body language, by the way that we ask questions, by the questions that we ask. They pick up on these things. And so they can feel a pressure to perform. For example my son needs to make the tennis team because that coach keeps them in line you know the implication being my child might get quote out of line yeah. wild and partying yeah. and whatnot if they're not under the direction of that coach so my child's well-being actually lies in the hands of that coach and making that team and The child will feel the pressure to make the team, whether or not he's actually particularly all that interested in making the tennis team.
2: Right. So I had a parent once, not in my church, and this was probably 15 years ago, say, I keep my child so busy because if they're so busy, they're not going to have opportunities to do bad things.
1: Yeah. Trouble.
2: Yeah. And it's like, I mean, number one, the problem is like your child—that's not doing any. That's not addressing your child's heart, which is no. the root of all the sin. But you know, the child was feeling a pressure to be busy all the time, mm-hmm. and the parent was really just operating out of a fear that oh. their child could possibly sin oh oh my gosh <laughs> you know, yeah like, yeah eh, you might want to get into your biblical doctrine to send there because let me just tell you it happens every five minutes <laughs> that, uh, that maybe cat every five seconds
0: <laughs> out of the bag already yeah.
2: out of the yeah, bag but there was a fear there was a fear that my child was going to make destructive decisions yeah. and so i'm going to try to engineer their life and you know and that's, that was not really probably that was probably not the healthiest way to manage their child
0: no, and you know it sounds really good. It sounds like worldly wisdom, doesn't yeah. it? I, it? It sounds like, um,
2: yeah, there's, and there's some truth in it. There's some there's some wisdom in it. Yeah, like, you know, idle time, devil's workshop, or whatever that quote is. Right, right. But it, but fear was driving everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, and our kids feel such despair when they can't measure up and they can't achieve everything that we want them to, um, or when the things that we want for them aren't necessarily the things that they want for themselves. And so it can really cause us to pressure our kids to perform. Um, Our fears can make our kids fearful. You know, it can make them afraid of the same things that they're, that we're afraid of. And we don't want that for them. It's a burden. And, um, I was talking to a really godly dad recently, and he was he and his wife are concerned about their daughter. And he realized that they were peppering her with questions all the time because they wanted her to comfort them Mm -hmm. in their anxiety. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And and they didn't I mean, they were. Concerned about her. It was a legitimate concern. They had reason to be, you know, praying for her and, and staying in close contact with her. But he realized that the way they were interacting with her was actually burdening their daughter because they were so anxious about her. And when they are concerned about worrying us, they will tend to withdraw. There it is. Withdraw again, and we sort of pursue them with all of these questions, and we nag, and we, and um, we intrude because we need them to reassure us that they are okay, and and that's an unfair burden to put on a kid. And I will say, as a single mom, this is something that single parents can be really prone to because you don't have another set of eyes on your child who is helping you say, well, you know, maybe they're everything's okay. We need to be okay and trust God with the discomfort of our kids being unhappy sometimes because it makes us worried and uncomfortable and we need to trust God in those, those moments. So it's, it can be, it can be a real burden on them.
2: I I think one thing I see too, you know, as we're looking at how these fears affect our kids Mm -hmm. is that um, we start to relate to our kids like a coach, like a manager Mm -hmm. more than like a parent. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, we kind of operate out of fear. We do seize this control. It's like, all right, we got to, we're going to, we got to plan. And, da, da, da. And, and obviously there's nothing wrong with being like a intentional and those kind of things. That's really good. And it, it, it really does because the nature of fear is to withdraw and, and, and it does breed disconnection. Mm-hmm. It really does um, it negatively affect our, our, our sense of connectedness with our kids.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and when we're disconnected, we're not available for them yeah. to to see what they're afraid about. And to see what they want and need and meet their wants and needs. When we're so busy trying to get our needs met by our child or through our child's um, the way their child is living their lives, then we're not available free in the Lord to listen to them. And hear what they're saying and read between their lines because Mm. we're so focused on our on our own. And we just we need God to set us free to notice them better Mm. instead of actual instead of always being in our own heads about them.
2: Yeah, that's good.
0: And of course, Mm. most important, it's we're not being a good witness Mm. about the trustworthiness of our great big huge God, if we are so wrapped up in worry all the time, and and I actually had one of my kids said to me point blank, "It seems like you want me to trust God, but it seems like you don't actually trust Him very much."
1: Hal wow, zinger, uh, Jeez.
0: <laughs> yeah. Whoa, but man. but but out of the mouths of babes, right? Yeah, a hundred percent right. And it also made me realize Shh. He needed me. To trust the Lord Yeah, right That's right I mean, he was very directly Telling me what he yeah. needed From me In that moment And he was right He was absolutely
2: right Well, That's, that's a <laughs> Impression word there Yeah Yeah well,
0: no. um, We're gonna talk about How we take refuge In the Lord But yeah. we're going to Take a moment For our sponsor To give us a good word
1: Do you know A high school student Who loves God's word And feels called To pursue a future In ministry? encourage them to check out Biola University's Bible, Theology, and Ministry program. In five years or less, students can earn a bachelor's degree and a master's degree from Biola's Talbot School of Theology, getting a solid biblical foundation from one of the nation's leading seminaries. You can learn more at biola.edu Bible. All right, welcome back to the Rooted Parent Podcast, and uh,
2: I hope you enjoyed that word from our sponsor. I just just still feel this very elevated sense of self when you you have to take a commercial break. It makes you feel like you're really special. Uh, Well... (laughs) You are Cameron. (laughs) Well, T. Mom, you're kind of a big deal, so I'm just riding your (laughs) coattails, pal. Anyhow, so um, we're going to talk about how do we take refuge in the Lord, and you know, I'd say you know a lot of that is going to be focused on the fear of the Lord. And so, you know, uh, Proverbs chapter one it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That is that's what you would call the hermeneutic verse for Proverbs. It's Mm -hmm. the primary verse through which you interpret all the other verses. So everything in Proverbs is, in a sense, leading, leading us back to the fear of the Lord being the starting point of wisdom. And I think that parenting, there's probably no word in the Bible that describes the practice of being a parent like the word wisdom. Mm-hmm. Because wisdom, what wisdom kind of means biblically, particularly when you look at that word in the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, it's like a skill in living. Um, it's a skill in living in a godly uh, manner that glorifies the Lord, and because there's you know no black and white, and there are so many different factors. Every child is different, every circumstance is different. You know, there's just no playbook. We are we are reliant on the wisdom of God, mm. and so by talking about how we take refuge in the Lord and talking about the fear of the Lord, this is really taking us to to the very bottom the very foundation of the practice of being a parent day to day.
0: Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and this verse is, is a bedrock for me. Um, Proverbs 14, 26 says in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what more do we want for our children than to have a place of refuge? I I looked this up because I'm an editor and a former English teacher that is right there. I was like, okay, what's the antecedent there? Is that talking about the Lord's children? Or is that talking about the children of the one who has strong confidence? And commentators are blessedly in agreement that it could mean both.
1: Ah, so <laughs> <a> deliberate
2: ambiguity. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So the wonderful news is that um, God's children, those who belong to Him in Christ, have a place of refuge. And those whose parents have a re- take refuge in the Lord shall have a place of refuge also. So it's a beautiful picture of the way our homes can be. Our homes can be um, a place of refuge in the Lord for our kids.
2: You brought up this definition Tim Keller has about um, the fear of the Lord.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you, like me, have a little bit of trouble with the term fear of the Lord, because fear automatically seems like a bad thing. But this definition helps me understand what it's talking about, what the Bible is talking about when it talks about the fear of the Lord. Tim Keller says, Fear of the Lord doesn't mean to be afraid. It means to sustain a joyful, astonished awe and wonder before him and I just sustain a joyful, astonished awe and wonder before him. I think that's just really helpful and and powerful. And when we think about sustaining Mm -hmm. that, that means that we gaze on him. Mm -hmm. We read his word at at rooted. We, we have a saying, a Cameronism, if you will, eyes on prize, focus, focus, focus.
1: eyes on prize eyes on prize focus 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 win 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 win. um
0: but i honestly have found myself saying like when i get way caught up in worries eyes on prize anna eyes on prize eyes on jesus yes i mean it but it's focus 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 my focus needs to be on him my gaze needs to be on him how much time do i spend talking about my fears and how much time do I spend talking about what Jesus has done for me? How much time do I spend gazing at the online grades portal or the college acceptance stats for the kids? My schools, my kids are applying to (laughs) done all of this for hours. And how much time do I spend looking into his word? How much time do I spend with friends who encourage me in the Lord rather than... Uh, spending time with friends Hand-wringing about all the evils That are going on at the local high school You know, you, yeah. moms can get really caught up In that, and dads may be too Dad, Dad's going to struggle with this <laughs> Dad's <laughs> going struggle with this, oh, yeah. how nice How Jeff. nice for you L-O-L, <laughs>
2: hashtag L-O-L
0: Yeah, yeah, I've heard you dads talk about sports stuff And, and the coach and whatnot The whole thing, man, <laughs> you know, we're all,
2: we're all affected by the fall, you know, I think um, You know, you talk about Eyes on Prize mm. It really reminds me of Hebrews chapter Uh, Twelve, one and two. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside um, every weight and the sin that so easily entangles. Mm. And so, you know that that you know there is sin and that fearfulness. Um, Not to you know, not to make us feel shame or anything, but um, but you know we're not trusting the Lord. Like you know, Romans it says that you know things not done in in faith to the Lord are sin. And so. What is the answer? It says, fix your eyes on Christ mm-hmm. to you, the author and, pers- and perfecter of our faith. Mm-hmm. The joys have performed under the cross, warning at shame, and seated at the right hand in the front of God. And so that idea of, yeah, it is the, if you, if the answer to operating without fear and operating in peace is not found in just not fearing it's, you know, it's turning towards who God is and enjoying who God is mm-hmm. and declaring
0: who, who God, God is. is
2: and enjoying all of those things. It's found in the character of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's why that definition of good fear versus bad fear is so helpful. Because, you know, bad fear is based on a false view of God. Mm-hmm. We're afraid. We're operating believing that God's not for us. God is, is not big enough for our kids. He's not sufficient for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that he doesn't have a plan for our kids. We've got to... We
0: got to step up with one. Yeah.
2: The, the evil in the world is greater than the goodness of God. Not true. So with that being said, you know, fixing what you're saying here about fixing your eyes as on prize, but remembering who God is and, and focusing on that, that is, that's what we, that's ultimately the, what repentance looks like in this mm. is, is the praise and the worship of the Lord according to his character.
0: Oh, that's so, that's so good. Tim Keller again says, "If we fear the Lord, we won't be afraid of anything else." Mm. I mean, that's a that's that's a promise to aim for. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Romans eight. If God is Mm -hmm. for us, who
0: can be can be against us? Yeah. And so I would say to personalize it that promise, that particular one. If God is for us, if God is for my son, then who can be against him? Not the terrible math teacher. Not uh-huh. the mean girl in the cafeteria.
2: The <sighs> mean girls. <laughs> the
0: bad okay, boys. Okay, not those bad, boys. bad um, boys. Not the coach who won't put her in the game. You know, those, those, those things can't really ultimately touch my child because, mm-hmm. because God is for my child. God is for my child. Like God is for my child. It puts it in some perspective.
2: Well, wow, that's good. That's a really good team, mom. Yeah. I'll I'll preach.
0: <laughs> if God for us as parents, if God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things and all things includes the grace we need to show our children, the patience we need to show our children, the wisdom when we don't know how to lead them, the confidence to be bold, to talk to them about the Lord, all of these things, they're given they're, they're already ours. Um, and so whatever you're facing with your kids and whatever you're afraid of, go to the word and personalize it and say, you know, God has given me what I need in this situation. God has, has given Christ for my child. Mm-hmm. What more can he have yeah. to say? Yeah.
2: Praise the Lord. That's good stuff. Well, you know, I know in this conversation, Anna, that Psalm 121 is uh is important to you, but it's just very helpful, uh, in you know, in thinking about what's the opposite of being afraid in our parenting. Mm-hmm. It's the the healthy biblical fear of the Lord. So want
0: we'll to get into the text yeah, yeah let's get into the text yeah yeah well i'm gonna set the stage real quickly um the way this psalm this psalm has meant a lot to me through various seasons but um after my husband died i started having panic attacks driving on the interstate which i had never had before which was very uh distressing and um couple of summers after he died, I took my kids on a trip out west and found myself driving two hours across a um, mountainous highway into Boise, Idaho. And uh, none of my kids were old enough to drive. I was the only driver available. And I had a flat out, full on panic attack. And I had Two hours of driving ahead of me. There was nobody else. So in a moment of desperation, I had um, one of my kids pull my Bible out of my backpack. And we went through this psalm line by line for the entire two hour drive. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber over and over and over in the car. One of the things I really love about this psalm is there's only one thing that I do, and God does everything else. I lift my eyes and look for the Lord. Well, that's all I do. And all the keeping, all the making, the one who made heaven and earth, if you think about that for a minute, if he has the power to make heaven and earth, he has the power to keep one car safely on the road, keeping my kids safe. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you. He's not going to take his eyes off of you. He's not going to snooze or sleep or let his attention drift like we do. He's your shade by your right hand. We're under his shadow. We're close enough to be under his shadow. He will keep you from all evil. He does all the work. He does all the work. And I just, I I found that so um, comforting. And I will say in the moment, I was not thinking, oh, this is a teachable moment. I can show my children how to fear the Lord. I was in a moment of absolute literal panic. And The only weapon that I knew, the only thing that I knew that had any power in that situation at all was the word of the Lord. When we got to the Boise airport safely, I'll be honest, I felt ashamed that I was not over my fears. I was still shaking. I was still sweating. I was still um, panicked, honestly. And I I think... Looking back, what I can learn from that is that God doesn't necessarily remove those feelings of fear. Immediately, but he did give us what we needed to get there safely, and he did meet us. The, the feelings did not automatically disappear. And uh, I, at the time, I felt ashamed about it, but I understand better now. And I'm going to share with you a quote from Ed Welch in our little book about anxiety that I'll post in the show notes. This is such a helpful thought, though. He says, Turning to God and trusting him in times of anxiety is a spiritual skill. And it is less automatic than you might think. You need to practice it. And with practice, you will be able to turn to Jesus more quickly and in ways that actually erode anxiety. Progress will seem slow. The ways of God are that we gradually grow in meaningful trust and confidence in him and love for him. If anxieties were immediately extinguished, you would turn to him less, which would be to your detriment. I find such comfort in that. This is a process. We grow. The progress will seem slow. That does not mean he's not moving. That does not mean he's not changing our hearts and and not showing our children how to walk in fear of him. I I, um, remember when I had my first child, I had an epidural that was so effective that I could not feel one single thing uh, from my waist down. I mean, completely 100% numb. And so when it was time to push, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't push. I couldn't help with the birth at all. Not, Not at all. And so with my second child, I told them like, I don't need to be quite so medicated. And that one hurt a whole lot more than the first one. But, but, We made a lot quicker progress and, and I was able to, um, I was able to do what needed to be done. And so I I sort of think about that with this, like sometimes God lets us still feel some of the, the, Anxiety, some of the fear, because it presses us into him and it causes us to work through it with him as opposed to apart from him.
2: Yeah, I think that one thing, just at a very practical level, uh, you know, as a parent who's listening to this, is something that's very helpful in this conversation is to become. Uh, knowledgeable about the character of God, mm-hmm. and just a couple of practical things on that. Like one, there's this book called "The Attributes of God" by Tozer, um, where it goes through all these different attributes um, of you know God's sovereignty or God's justice or God's love, His mercy, His assiduity, things of that nature, His immutability. Um, there's a book that I've read called "Trusting in the Names of God." Drawing strength from knowing who He is by Catherine Martin, um, just a really wonderful book that goes through all the different names of God, particularly in the Old Testament. And so, in my own um, my own prayer life, a lot of a lot of times I'll, I'll have as a daily part of my prayer life just praying through the names of God mm-hmm. um, and remembering, you know, Jehovah Jireh, God, my provider. And then, as a parent, you can relate that to the different things. Lord, I trust You to provide for. You know, whatever it is that your child is facing, yeah. your family is facing, and so that is what we're talking about here in terms of having a gazing upon and like mm-hmm. praising the Lord for who He is. That gives us an, uh, some alleviation of the fear um, it, because now we're remembering who God is. We're living in the truth, and um, and yeah, it seems like kind of the way out mm-hmm. is praising the name of God, yeah. who He is. Um, and that just, you know, that just brings us into the truth and it gives us freedom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, and it is a process, you know, he takes us by the hand and walks us through it and it, yeah. it's not immediate. And it's, if you are feeling fear for your kids and anxiety for your kids, it, it just means that you need to lean on the Lord. It, you don't need to feel condemned about it. Um, repent and turn to him and, and he wants to help you through it.
2: Amen. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to land the plane. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we hope this is helpful. We
1: hope you experience the peace of the Lord, and we hope that you have a great day. Bye, y'all. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Rooted Parent. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace filled, gospel centered, Bible saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media by leaving five star feedback or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts for more grace-filled gospel centered Bible saturated resources. Be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com as always special thanks to high street hymns for the music featured on this episode.